Alright folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to chat about this Denver Nuggets team as they are finally playing. They finally played a game, and they are still the 2022-23 NBA champions. I wanted to keep this in. I was actually going through some previous uh, uh, folders of, of different things. Like I finally opened up the recap folder for NBA games. And the last one that I had done, obviously, was for the 2022-23 NBA championship game in Game 5, uh, where the Nuggets actually won the title. So I wanted to keep that in. But hey, Denver Nuggets won their game. Sorry about that. I didn't realize that that was playing through the speaker there. Um, yeah, so it should be a good day for everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? I hope everybody's having a great night. Uh, we are chilling here, going to have some fun chatting about Julian Strother, have some fun chatting about Nikola Jokic, Jalen Pickett maybe. There's some other topics that we can get into, of course, but uh, let me know down in the comments and in the live chat if you're interested uh, what you want to chat about for this game? What do you want to chat about for tonight? Uh, what I saw was a, a fun game from Julian Strother. We'll get to him in the second segment. Uh, but if you are familiar with what I do for these recaps, usually I go through each of the starters and then I go through the bench in the second segment and just in general discuss what was good, what was bad, and try to keep things as structured and as regular as possible just to make sure, hey, we're covering as many bases as possible for these, and uh, and I think it generally goes pretty well. So if you've got some comments, uh, make sure to uh, throw them out there, of course. Uh, Snow Wolf says, it's always good to beat the Suns. Uh, I totally agree. <laughs> Nuggets in four, totally agree. And Cosmic says, Julian, Jalen, and Zeke showed out. We will get to Julian, Jalen, and Zeke in the second segment. I do want to talk about them for sure. Uh, but... I think the most important place to start for this team is to begin with the starters, is to chat about where they are at. And we could either start with Nikola Jokic or we could start with Jamal Murray. Let's start with Jamal Murray because I thought he he played a little bit better than Joker did tonight. Uh, Not tremendously better, but still a good sign that Denver had some, some good production from their starters. And you go by the box score, it was fine. Nothing too crazy. Murray in 18 minutes had 12 points, 5 assists, 2 steals, 5 of 11 from the from the field, 0 of 5 from 3, made an and one against Josh Okogi with him in his airspace. Uh, Jamal was also a plus 12 in his minutes and thought that what he provided in this particular matchup was pretty impressive. Uh, I think that that's going to be something that really sticks out, but Another thing that I am interested in and and curious about, Jamal staggered with the second unit, and I guess we could talk about that in in a little bit too with those guys, but I thought the second unit looked really good with the unit of Jamal, Julian, Peyton Watson, or uh, Justin Holiday. Both of those guys kind of played a little bit. Hunter Tyson, Zeke Nagy. That lineup looked really good, and I thought that that lineup did a lot of great things and, and has some utility for the Nuggets in this upcoming season. Uh, we'll see what actually happens, but thought Jamal played pretty well. His passing tonight was very, very good, and that continues to be something that stands out for me. Uh, he, he's just learned to become a much better passer in general, and that has been 
a nice trend for him, especially given uh, what has usually happened for him and, and how he kind of grew up in this league. He was more seen as a scoring guard, as a two guard even, somebody who wasn't ever going to be a point guard. And he's developed that skill over the course of a long time. And five assists in the first half, uh, zero turnovers as well. Uh, really good decision-making from Jamal Murray. And I think he, like there were some missed shots that happened tonight as well. I think he could have finished it easily with eight or nine assists. And that would be a great sign for this team that, hey, Jokic doesn't have to create everything. Jamal can do some stuff too. Joker was surprisingly inefficient, I'll say. Uh, 18 minutes tonight. Kind of surprised that he played all 18. Uh, 18 minutes in the first half. Didn't play in the second half. Nine points, four of 11 from the field, 0 of three from three. The three-point shot will come back. That's something that he definitely only throws. And like one of those was definitely a heave from like 80 feet away from the basket. So let's take it with a grain of salt, of course, but. Three rebounds, two assists, uh, two steals, two turnovers. Was a plus one still in his minutes. Uh, yes, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant didn't play. And maybe Joker would have played a little bit harder if, if they had. Or maybe uh, matching up with Nurkic, he, he didn't really feel the need to. There was, there's some good conversation between those guys on the court. I thought that was interesting. Uh, but yo, was, it was nice to see him back out there. More than anything, it's just good to see the big fella and I'm glad we, we got to have that opportunity tonight. I didn't know if the Nuggets would play him. I didn't know if they would play uh, all of their starters or any of their starters. But when Michael Malone said that he would you know, try to get those guys some run, uh, that was uh, important. I should also mention uh, condolences to Michael Malone and his family. Uh, passing of Brendan Malone last night, uh, Monday night, or yeah, Monday night, I believe. And it's just very sad, very frustrating. Uh, Michael Malone has talked to Brendan Malone and what he has done for his life and done for his basketball career and his coaching career. Uh, Rip to a legend for sure. Brendan Malone died at 81 years old and was a giant in the industry for sure. He won the Tex Winter Lifetime Achievement Award as a coach and absolutely deserves a ton of a ton of credit there. And it, Sad to see him go. Um, but yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, Nikola Jokic, he was fine. Nothing nothing too crazy here. Uh, <laughs> Matic says, My favorite part of the game was Jokic telling the refs about Nurkic committing a three-second violation with such an exaggerated face. That is true. That was a fun, that was a funny moment of the game for sure. Uh, he gets the switch onto, it, it might have been like Keon Johnson or some other smaller guard. Maybe it was... Uh, uh, one of one of the guards in in the backcourt there, and he's just like like gesturing at Yusuf Nurkic just right behind uh, the the defender uh, who switched on to Joker. That was a very funny moment and very emblematic of Nikola. He's uh he's probably going to have more of those moments this season, uh, probably because he feels like he's seeing the floor extremely well and is like, hey, come on, I'm, I'm waiting. Like I'm gonna try to score when he clears the paint, but he's not clearing the paint, and that's a a three-second call, so pretty funny to see, uh, but also good to see that that Joker is still very engaged and very interested in getting better in these moments. Justin Holiday, he started in place of Michael Porter Jr. I'm actually not sure what would have happened had Christian Brown been out there. I bet that Christian probably starts, but there's a part of me that says they would have started Justin Holiday anyway just with the way that he played, but also 
uh, the way that he fits with this group. He, he fits like a glove. He's like another KCP out there. Just makes a lot of sense as a defender. Makes a lot of sense switching, getting his arms everywhere, uh, guarding wings. In lineups where there's no other like real forward on the team that Denver has to guard, I love the idea of them deploying KCP and Justin Holiday at the same time because those two are veteran defenders. They know exactly what they're doing, and it feels like that capability and that level that a guy like Justin Holiday can get to will be very helpful for the upcoming season, whether it's in the regular season or the playoffs. So he just seems like a guy that knows what he's going to do, and Michael Malone's going to trust that for sure. It might aggravate a bunch of Nuggets fans uh, because if he's playing over guys like Christian Brown and Peyton Watson and even now Julian Strother, then I think Nuggets fans are going to be like, what the hell? But he will be helpful, I promise. Aaron Gordon, seven rebounds and three assists in 13 minutes. Only took one shot. Not a lot to talk about with AG. I thought he looked very athletic out there. I thought he was jumping pretty high. He had a block. He didn't really take a bunch of shots. He, the only three that he took, or he, he took one three. That was his only shot. And I think it was at the end of a shot clock. So nothing too crazy from AG from a scoring perspective. They didn't need to work on the, the stuff underneath the basket with him. They needed to work on other things. And then clearly AG was perfectly fine doing that. And that's what you want to see from a guy like him. So good stuff from Aaron Gordon. He always contributes to winning. And finally, KCP, three of four from three with some good defense here. Uh, exciting to see KCP just pick up right where he left off, had a, had an assist, had a rebound, didn't have any steals or blocks, but it felt like he was more places than he was, uh, or like getting his hands on the ball, getting some deflections, bothering people while they're, while they're trying to score. Uh, sometimes, I'm, who knows, I, I look at the box score and I think, ah, maybe he didn't do as much as I, as I think, but Grayson Allen shot. At 10 points and 7 assists and 5 turnovers. Saban Lee had 11 points and 9 assists and 3 turnovers. Uh, that's fine. It's nothing nothing too crazy. Uh, but good to see KCP out there and, and good to see this team and this starting unit really flourishing immediately. It does feel like they are in a good place. Uh, like to see that for sure. When we come back, we are going to chat about the bench and we're going to expand a little bit on Julian Strother and, and what he provided to this team and kind of surprising ways. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our friends over at Superbook Sports. Why in the world would you bet with the big boys this football season and now this basketball season too? Instead, why don't you try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall? Superbook Sports is the book next door. They're just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas making sure that you get the best odds and parlays anywhere. And now when you sign up and wager in the same day, you can earn a bonus of up to $250 when you do that sign up and wager, as long as you use the promo code MILEHIGH. Make sure to use that promo code, bet with the best, use it mile high this football season and basketball season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. We're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, you can't be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the video down below. 
uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if you are listening, thank you so much. A rating and review on the audio side of things would also go a long way. I, I love, I've got a good, good old 4.9 on the on the ratings and reviews on, on Apple Podcasts. I would love to keep it that way. That's a that's the thing I take pride in. People people like the podcast when they tune in. All right. Uh, Casey Mack says, I don't think the starters will play a lot of minutes in this preseason games. Uh, we know our starters are giving these guys, uh, the the other guys to play to determine our bench lineups. And those are key. Yeah, no, I, I, I firmly agree. I think that probably the most important thing for this team is to identify what the rotation is going to look like. And they're probably not going to do a ton of staggering, but there will be some with Jamal. And I thought that tonight was actually a really good example of what it could look like in the near future. Let's look at the bench and and we'll focus on the bench standouts first. I want to go to Reggie Jackson because he did not have a great game. And I thought that this was the most interesting part of the game in that second quarter when he uh, like he basically came in for Jamal at the five minute mark of the first quarter and then came out and Jamal started the second quarter with the bench unit. That was a unit that featured Murray, Strother, Tyson, uh, partially Watson, partially uh, Holiday, and then uh, Zeke Naji. I thought that that was a good group. Let's just pull up the numbers on uh, yeah. Jamal had a plus 12. Zeke Najee was plus 11, Hunter Tyson plus 7, uh, Julian Strother was plus 8 in this game, uh, Reggie Jackson was a minus 5, and I think that there's a reason for that. I think, he one, he didn't play that great, uh, did have 14 points, had 5 of 11, 3 of 5 from 3, but had 4 turnovers, and I think struggled to kind of get the ball moving in the right direction. Uh, there were some good moments that he had, and but some of the defense that he played, I, I wasn't really... Uh, enthused by it uh, although you can't really say great defense with anybody because I mean it's preseason and it's probably saving a little bit he's 33 years old and I totally understand that but uh, when there is pressure on this unit and when there is pressure on the bench to perform Jamal can't play 48 minutes and Denver needs another guy that can handle the ball maybe that is Reggie Jackson but it also might not mean Reggie is the leader of that second unit a ton. Maybe he does what he did tonight and comes in for uh, six minutes at the end of the first quarter, six minutes at the end of the third quarter, and Jamal begins the second and fourth, and you see where things go from there, and that he plays with the, the bench a lot when Jokic is out. I think that there's a reason to believe that that could work, uh, but it was interesting to see, and I'm glad that David Adelman did that. I think that there was some interesting data picked up from that. But let's go to the main storyline. Uh, had you had y'all waiting long enough? Uh, Julian Strother, twenty points, five rebounds, three assists in his debut with the Nuggets in his rookie season. Eight of twelve from the field, th- uh, four of seven from three, and it wasn't just that he made the shots; it was the way that he achieved getting those shots off. Not all of them were wide open. Not even most of them were wide open. A lot of these shots were rhythm shots, yes, but ones that you have to take. And if you make them, then you're a pretty damn good shooter. And these are shots that he's making, uh, taking off screens, taking off pin down screens. He is in rhythm off the dribble, uh, kind of one, two, rising up over the over the defender that's not fully closed out to him. 
There's one at the top of the key that I'm thinking of right now that makes a lot of sense. And there was that. There was uh, a couple of the actions that Denver ran with him as the single side shooter on the weak side, uh, raising up to the to the slot, basically, or not the slot, the wing. And then Jamal Murray hit him or Reggie Jackson hit him or one of the other uh, point guards or decision makers hit him with the with the ball on the weak side. And he either took it and make it, took it and miss it. But it just it made a lot of sense the way that they were deploying him. It reminded me a lot of MPJ. It reminded me a lot of what's the best version of MPJ when when he is aggressive and when teams have to run him off the line. And then when Julian Strother was ran off the line, the first time he actually got blocked, uh, I thought that that was a very interesting telling moment. It's a kind of a welcome to the NBA kind of moment where, hey, the floater that you had had at the, at the college level it's not always going to work at the NBA level because guys are bigger, stronger, more athletic and can block those kinds of shots if you're not careful. Then Julian Strother was more careful for the rest of the game and got his shot off in, in creative ways. And there was a play in transition that I'm thinking of where most guys take it right at the rim in transition over a smaller guy. Julian Strother just stopped and popped at like seven feet and, and hit a comfortable uh, floater with, with no real effort behind it he was just very cool calm and collected in that moment and that's exactly what you're looking for from a guy that you believe can play immediately and I love to see that because I have not talked up Julian Strother enough I just haven't he's the guy that I've talked up the least when it comes to the rookies Hunter Tyson I, I actually titled one of my YouTube videos is Hunter Tyson the greatest Nuggets player of all time obviously tongue-in-cheek but the way that he was playing at Summer League Comparison, comparisons to Larry Bird were not unfair. Uh, and then Jalen Pickett, somebody who started playing even better and better and better at Summer League, but I also got to interview him. So I felt uh, kind of a kinship, but also just like wanted to see him success, be successful. And I saw him as a guy that he, he might continue to play. I didn't see Julian Strother playing immediately. And now that I actually watch it, now that I'm actually seeing what it looks like at the NBA level, there's a utility there. There, There's at least some utility there if he is not a hopeless case on the defensive end. And it didn't look like he was. Now, he wasn't being attacked by the strongest of offensive players, but I do think it's important to at least mention that Julian Strother could play a, a lot this year. Maybe not, maybe not a lot. Maybe that's strong. But if there are lineups where, say, Hunter Tyson's out there and you need one more shooter, Maybe Peyton Watson's kind of struggling a little bit on the defensive end. Or maybe they've got Justin Holiday out there and they, they need another shooter instead of just a defender. You can go with Julian Strother and feel pretty good about it. And I love that. I think that there's a good, solid reason to believe that the Nuggets are in a really great place with, uh, with all three of their rookies. Uh, Julian Strother, Hunter Tyson, Jalen Pickett. All three can play. All three can contribute. That's an exciting place to be. None of them have pressure to contribute immediately, but there's a possibility that they could. And that is a, a fantastic place. Um, Rob says, hopefully we see RJ and Yoke develop some chemistry throughout the season. Favorite Strother play was when he dropped the bounce pass dime to DJ while being doubled. Smart, calm, and skilled. Agreed. Like, it wasn't just about the shooting, and I know I've talked about the shooting a lot, but it, it was the way that he was achieving those shots 
the way that he was connecting the rest of his game to it. And that's an exciting place for every fan to be because I don't think people were really expecting too much from Strother this year. Maybe he can provide something. That's that's a very cool place. Let's go to Zeke Naji next, who I think also had a nice standout performance here. 17 points, 6 rebounds, also added 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 block, and was a plus 11 in his 21 minutes. And I keep mentioning that because sometimes it doesn't look perfect with Zeke. Sometimes a guy like Bol Bol comes in and he makes some flashbulb plays and, and man, that did it look good for a while with Bol Bol. And it looked like Zeke was being outplayed. Bol Bol in this game, what did he finish with? He was a minus seven. Seven points, four rebounds, had a block and some, some really impressive plays. But he was still minus seven. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason why a guy like Zeke and some of the things that you don't necessarily see get picked up in the plus minus, get picked up in the impact metrics. And he can play with guys like Jamal, like Julian Strother, like a Christian Brown when he comes back, and, and like a Peyton Watson. I, I think these guys are all going to play pretty well together. And I'm not here to say that the bench is going to be this automatically like positive or even neutral bench. But if you get Zeke Naji to contribute and you get Julian Strother to contribute and you get a lot of other guys, it starts to look a lot less daunting, a lot less dire. And there's, I think, some excitement there. Uh, Zeke obviously was a, he was not a guy being hyped up out of training camp, not a guy being hyped up out of practice. They've talked about, hey, might be matchups with Zeke, might be matchups with DJ, uh, depending on the, depending on the game. I think it's better if they just go with Zeke personally. I really do. I think what Zeke is going to benefit most from is a runway where he can improve and get better and try to become the version of Jeff Green that the team needed him to be. And I think that there's a strong reason that he can do that. There's a strong there's a strong belief that he could do that for me. Whether he actually does, we will see. Uh, but I do think that there is there is reason to believe. Um, I'm already getting getting some converts here. Alejandro says my perception of the bench has moved from panic and worry to slight optimism. It's obviously crazy to be ready to declare the bench unit solved and fixed, but I feel encouraged, as everybody should be. Nobody's here declaring that the Nuggets are going to be a positive bench. That would be insane. <laughs> but but I do think that with the versatility of the players and the overall level of the players, I just think has increased over the course of multiple years. Like the team's good. The team is just very capable. And winning a championship does benefit you. Like just from a a confidence and a knowledge and a poise standpoint. Knowing that you can do what you're being asked to do. And there's there's a lot of confidence in that. So should be good to go. Um I mentioned Reggie Jackson. Hunter Tyson just couldn't buy a bucket today. I don't want to blame him too much. Like a 0 of 6 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. Did grab a few rebounds and, and two assists and one steal, but he did play 30 minutes. And what I what I will say, look, he was a plus 7 in his 30 minutes. Did he contribute to that a ton individually? No, but there were some good moments that he had defensively. He had some good contests on the perimeter. Also had some bad contests on the perimeter. Some learning moments where he is battling, where he is maybe fouling a little bit too much. Uh, that's just going to be the process for most rookies. And I'm sure that Julian Strother will have that same moment here coming up soon. And then Hunter Tyson will play great. That's just kind of the nature of this thing. So we will see what happens with Hunter, but give him a pass for this one. We'll see what he looks like in the next game. 
if he does end up playing. Um, Jalen Pickett, too. I, I liked what I saw from Jalen Pickett. Only finished two of five, one of two from three. Uh, only had a couple assists, but he did have a block. He blocked Bol Bol uh, because he is a smart post defender and Bol Bol is not a smart post player, uh, despite the fact that he's like 7'17". Seven, um, Jalen Pickett, plus five in his 17 minutes. Good production. Good stuff. People don't realize that a lot of the guys that were playing, even in that fourth quarter, were players that the Suns are hoping will actually play in the playoffs. Guys like Drew Eubanks as a backup center, Yuta Watanabe, Keita Bates-Diop, Nasir Little, Eric Gordon. He didn't really play in the in the fourth quarter that much, but he's a guy that they're hoping for stuff. And I, I just think that there is a there should be a belief here that the Nuggets are in a good place and, and what they provided was good and there should be some optimism despite the fact that, hey, there are some there's some turnovers here or there, there's some things that they have to clean up. But ultimately, they, they shot 47% from the field, 37% from three, 86% from the line. That's a pretty some pretty good numbers. Uh, I don't have a uh, ticker along the bottom for Peyton Watson, but I will just mention some great defensive moments from Peyton Watson today. Three of four from the field, two of three from three, six fouls. And he had like five fouls in 12 minutes or something like that, four fouls in eight minutes. And that is going to be a problem. Uh, that's going to be something that he has to figure out. And if he can avoid fouling, then there's going to be a lot of reasons to believe that he can make some major impacts. Like in 20 minutes, he had 10 points, a steal and a block and three rebounds. That is fantastic. And if you get that for Peyton Watson consistently, you're feeling really good. They may not get that consistently. And there might be some ups and downs because that's just kind of the natural growth of a 21-year-old. But I do think in general that as long as Peyton Watson continues to provide uh, the stable bench play that, that you're looking for, uh, somebody who can like provide the energy on a consistent basis, the block that he had flying from the weak side to, to block a, a shot out of bounds, uh, that was awesome. <laughs> it's just a, a great, spectacular play. And he also had a, a couple of nice moments where he, he one, he generated a steal. Uh, and two, he also forced a turnover by forcing a bad pass when somebody was trying to pass around his arms. I think it was Eric Gordon who was trying to pass around his seven foot wingspan and committed a turnover because of it. So there are reasons to have faith, not necessarily the best matchup and not, well, not matchup, not necessarily the best debut. Would have loved to see what he looked like against Beal, Booker, and Durant, but I'm not going to complain. Nobody should really complain. It's good stuff, and there's plenty to take from this game and plenty of positives for sure. So I am looking forward to seeing what everybody else says. Make sure to leave down in the comments what you're thinking uh, for, for this upcoming game. Uh, but that's it for these notes. When we come back, I did want to wrap things up by chatting about the NBA GM survey, just kind of rattling off some different things that the NBA GMs put out today on NBA.com. We will get to that here shortly. But first, this message from Good Morning Broncos.
Good Morning Broncos every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. on the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. Make sure to check it out in the morning here. Uh, obviously, hope the Broncos find a way to win on Thursday night. If they, if, if you're hoping that they win, I know a lot of Nuggets or Broncos fans are hoping that they don't, and, and hoping that they can do the full reset thing. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what they ultimately decide, but should be interesting to see. Let's wrap up here. Uh, 28 minutes in or so with the NBA GM survey. Uh, th- this comes out every year. John Schumann of NBA.com puts this out. He puts this out to 30 general managers around the league. Uh, you can vote on whoever you want if you're the general manager. The only rule is you can't vote on your own player or team, I believe. You have to vote on some other player or team. Uh, so just trying to give a, a good, honest assessment of what the NBA looks like. And I, th- I find some of the, the answers interesting. So let's start off with the top. Who wins the NBA Finals? 10 votes for Boston, 10 votes for Denver, 7 votes for Milwaukee. That's 27 out of 30. There were a couple of other votes for a couple other teams. I think Phoenix got a couple votes. And I think the Clippers, for whatever reason, got a, got a vote. I don't know about that one, guys. But um, yeah, 30 teams or 30 votes, 27 of the 30 went to Milwaukee, Boston, Denver. That is where the power currently resides within the NBA right now. I think that's where a lot of people feel the power resides for sure. And it's going to be interesting to see whether that actually bears out or if there is a surprise team that pops up in the standings. I'm thinking Cleveland. I'm thinking Memphis. Those are the two teams that I would predict. I I predict their starting lineups would be really good. And I think that there's a reason to have faith in those teams in particular. But we'll see. Who will win MVP? Nikola Jokic achieved 13 out of 30 votes. Giannis had six. Tatum had four. Luka had three. That feels like the proper proper breakdown. I'm not sure how serious Jokic is going to take the regular season from a production standpoint, but he kind of falls into 22, 10, and 7 on a regularly consistent basis. And if he really wants to try harder than that, then he could certainly average a triple-double. I think everybody knows that he could average a triple-double if he wanted to. So we will see whether he actually does. Uh, I don't think that the pressure associated with winning an MVP is going to be what it was like last year. So there is sort of the matter of, hey, Denver got the monkey off their back. Jokic got the monkey off his back. There is a reason to believe that he should... uh, be a little bit more receptive to uh, to an MVP. And voters will be a little bit more receptive to him for MVP after what he proved. If you could start a franchise with anybody, who would it be? Uh, Jokic outpaced Wemby, Giannis, and Luka in this category. He collected, I think, 10, uh, 10 votes out of 30. Pretty impressive. That's not, not, not really a surprise because Jokic is the best player in the world and he's still only 28. Uh, if, you're, if you're hoping for a five-year run with the best player in the world, you're you're going to get it. Or you're going to get something really close to it. I'll just check some comments here. Uh, Cosmic says, when he gets a triple-double, the Nuggets win most of the time, so he's going to give that effort scoring and passing. Yeah, I agree. I, I just, I tend to think that even like rebounding, as, as one example, I think that there's a reason to believe that Aaron Gordon collects eight rebounds and Michael Porter collects seven rebounds and Jamal Murray gets six or five rebounds and Peyton Watson comes off the bench. Christian Brown comes off the bench and they each grab rebounds. And I think there's a reason to believe that 
Jokic may not average as many rebounds. He may not average as many assists if Murray is as good of a passer as he has become. And the points, like you just never know. So uh, we're, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. It's going to be interesting. I, I don't think it's going to be as important for him to get the numbers that he could. Uh, and if that's the case, and Denver can win 52 to 55 games with him averaging 23, 10, and 8, he'll probably average 23, 10, and 8. Best point guard was Steph Curry. Best shooting guard, Devin Booker. Best small forward, Jason Tatum. Best power forward, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And best center was Nikola Jokic with 28 votes out of 30. I thought that was a very curious number. Somebody voted for Anthony Davis as the best center in the NBA. Somebody voted for Joel Embiid as the best center in the NBA. Obviously, Jokic can only get 29 because uh, Denver's GM, Calvin Booth, cannot vote for Jokic. So I wonder whether Daryl Morey was the one who voted Anthony Davis. I wonder whether uh, uh, somebody else decided they didn't want to vote for Jokic and they voted for Embiid or Davis instead. It's very curious that he only got 28 out of 29 positive uh, possible votes after this last year. But it is funny. This was one where it was very split a couple years ago. Last year, Jokic sort of kind of started taking the clear lead as the best center in the world. And then, like, there's there's no real question now. No real question about the majority, that's for sure. Um, this was an interesting one. Most improved team in 2023-24, the Oklahoma City Thunder. OKC won 40 games this last year, and they added Chet Holmgren. I don't know if you saw his debut. I don't know if you saw the matchup between Chet versus Wemby on Tuesday night or on Monday night. Pretty impressive stuff. Uh, pretty impressive to see what those guys can do on the floor uh, at 7-2 and 7-5, respectively. Uh, Chet looks great, and he looks like a guy that's going to really help them. And they also have Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Jalen Williams and Josh Giddy and guys like that. And they've, they've now got Vasa Micic as well from Serbia. So there should be a reason to believe that OKC could be good. I'm not sure if I have them like that much better, but seems like the GMs think that they will be. We will see what happens. Best international player of the NBA. Joker got this by an 80% margin, if I recall. Uh, that is a very strong difference from where it's been in past years, where he was even voted the third best international player behind both Giannis and Luka. So I thought that was a an interesting factor for sure. Best defensive team in the NBA, Boston. Uh, I think GMs believe that Boston is going to really kill during the regular season. They've got the offensive and defensive talent. And if they are going to be the best defensive team in the NBA, if, if the Nuggets meet them in the NBA Finals, should be a matchup. Should be a pretty crazy matchup for sure. A couple miscellaneous things. Nuggets are the most fun team to watch, have the best home court advantage, and will have the best offense this year, according to GMs. Uh, those are pretty, like, I think they're connected in a lot of in a lot of different ways. Denver is able to kind of turn defense into offense at home, specifically where they get out in transition. They love to get out in transition and dunk for the crowd, hit the open threes, things like that. That's a that's a cheat code, especially when you've got Jokic as an outlet passer. Uh, but also, like the home court advantage for sure. They're a fun team to watch because they get up and down and they play the passing, cutting style. Uh, and then that leads to the best offense, which is just not a surprise to me at all. Uh, but should be fun. 
couple more here before we get out of here. Joker, the best passer in the NBA and also the best basketball IQ in the NBA. Most of these, like this was often taken by LeBron James and Chris Paul, both of these categories. Uh, Kind of interesting to see that Joker has surpassed both of them. Uh, I know that they are both very old and that's what happens when you age out and Jokic is obviously in his prime, but it just would not surprise me if Joker held on to both of these categories for the next three, four, five years. Uh, That's just kind of how LeBron has done it as well. And until somebody else comes along and really proves that they're better, Joker's going to get this reputation now. Like he has the reputation for the highest basketball IQ, for the highest level of passing. And people see that. People see that and they credit him and they want to credit him. So maybe a guy like Luca could take that away. Maybe, I don't know, Tyrese Halliburton is somebody that I think people should watch out for. But uh, between those two guys, I'm not sure if they could outpace Joker. And if they don't, Joker's going to hold on to this for a long time. So that's obviously very interesting to see. Um, And last one here. Joker now considered the third best leader by general managers behind LeBron and Steph. This, I think, was the one that's taken the longest, but also the one that I think is pretty interesting. LeBron and Steph, obviously, they've, they've been doing this for decades now. And LeBron decades, Steph decade. And having compared to those guys is is a really, really impressive thing. Joker's leadership has often been questioned because he isn't the loud, boisterous leader. He's not the Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality kind of guy that a lot of people associate with leadership. But the way that he does it and the way that he brings everybody together in the style that he wants to play, the style that he believes is the best that's the best thing possible for the team, and that he continuously empowers everybody to do what they need to do in order to both shine individually, but also shine as a collective, that's great leadership. And he, I think he shows that by example. He shows that by now a little bit more vocally. And it's just a really great place for Denver to be with this guy because uh, he's you, you never want to take him for granted. And when you see a list like this, when you see the GM survey where he's considered the best player, the best center, the best uh, the third best leader the best passer uh most fun team to play uh mo- most fun team to watch best home court advantage best offense things like that it, it's just you're never not going to be blessed if you watch Nikola Jokic like what he does on a consistent basis and what he has shown to people on a consistent basis especially throughout these last three years with a couple short-sighted playoff runs but MVP caliber seasons and then a dominating playoff run. It's one of the greatest three-year stretches we've ever seen. And that includes like guys like Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Might be those guys and then Joker. So really cool to see and always important to take uh, nothing for granted here. Uh, what Joker does on a consistent basis, uh, it's, it's unprecedented. So we will see what happens going forward. Um, Thank you for tuning in past midnight. Got some people in here. Uh, Everybody that has been excited to watch the Nuggets and excited to check in after a preseason win. Thank you so much for sticking around. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be chatting tomorrow with Vinny Benedetto over at the Denver Gazette. Really excited to chat with him about both this past game, but also some other topics about the Nuggets and covering the team that I think people will be very interested in. I am looking forward to it. Hope everybody has a great night. 
Uh, hit that like button on the way out. Hit that subscribe button on the way out. We'll talk to you guys very soon.